0: Okay, so last night I talked about equanimity as a quality that's very highly valued in the Buddha's teachings, and it appears in almost all the lists of skillful qualities to be developed, including as the last of these four Brahma that we've been exploring throughout this retreat. So equanimity is the capacity of our hearts and minds to stay steady and balanced, even in the face of life's inevitable ups and downs. And this morning I'd like to continue this exploration of equanimity, this time more as a Brahma-Vihara practice. So last night I was talking about it more in terms of insight as a wisdom quality and this morning we'll be working with equanimity more in the context of relationships, our relationships with others, and particularly those people that tend to challenge our equanimity in various ways. Before we go there, I'll just say a little bit more generally about equanimity and how, as I mentioned last night, it's strengthened by the understanding of impermanence, Nietzsche, the truth that everything changes. Often though, we have a tendency to want to fix things, to fix other people, to fix ourselves, to fix situations. By fix here, I mean it in both both senses of the words, as in to mend or to repair, but also to make fixed, static, unchanging. So a key aspect of the quality of equanimity is developing the capacity to let go of our tendency to want things to be different, to want them to be permanent if they are pleasant, and to want them to be impermanent if they are unpleasant. So in the context of the suttas or the discourses, The one image that's often used to convey this steadiness in the face of change is the image of a mountain. A mountain remains stable and unmoving, even as wind and rain and snowstorms might batter it. I've also used the image of the sky, how the sky is unaffected by any of the changing weather conditions that move through it. So here on this retreat, we've had a few changing weather conditions. We've had mist and wind and rain and cold and damp and occasional sunbreaks. And if we resist any of those conditions or want them to stay, then we'll suffer. So some of the traditional phrases that are used for cultivating equanimity highlight the truth of impermanence. And I'd like to share just a few examples from Western Insight teachers. This is Jack Kornfield. May I learn to see the arising and passing of all things with equanimity and balance. This is Sharon Salzberg. May I be undisturbed by the comings and goings of events. Or Kamala Masters. May I accept and open to how it is right now, because this is how it is right now." And I appreciate how in that last phrase Kamala says, this is how it is right now. So she's pointing to the truth that everything changes. So it's not just, okay, this is how it is, a kind of resigned or defeated uh, state. We understand, okay, this is how it is right now. By implication, it will change. Perhaps not in the time frame we'd prefer, but it will change. So I'll be weaving some of these phrases into the guided meditation we'll be doing soon. But just as a reminder about the gradual training of these practices, that we want to start with where the qualities come most easily. Traditionally, that's been for oneself, then the benefactor, then a good friend, a neutral person, a so-called difficult person, and then all beings. Now in this relatively short retreat, we just haven't had the time to work with each of those different categories. We've mostly been working with the so-called easy beings, But today, I'd like to raise the bar a little and work with the so-called difficult person. More accurately, the person we're currently having some difficulties with, because we don't want to solidify them as the difficult person forever and ever, but just to acknowledge it's someone we're currently having challenges with. But in the context of offering the instructions, that will be quite a mouthful for me to say every time. So just keep in mind when I say difficult person, it's a temporary situation. And because by definition, the difficult person is, well, difficult, it's likely that there have been some painful or challenging interactions with them. So again, the invitation is to start with, if it's not too much of a contradiction, an easy, difficult person. And then we can gradually work up to a more difficult, difficult person. And depending on the circumstances, this process could take years. So remembering we're not trying to force or manufacture our responses. We're not trying to blast through our defenses or minimize the truth of any harm that might have been done to us. So we really want to approach this category gently. And if at any time the process is feeling forced or painful, then let it go. You might switch to compassion for a few moments. Or kindness, appreciating that you've been willing to give it a go. Or, if necessary, you can just return to mindfulness of breathing or of the body, whatever it takes to help you come back to balance. And as we work with this difficult person, it can also be helpful to remember that hurt people hurt people. And can we find the truth of that in relation to our difficult person? just to see if we can drop below the level of whatever irritating personality habits they might be demonstrating. It's likely that this person is suffering in some way and their difficult behavior is an unconscious reflection of that. And compassion is more likely to be available if we can just touch into whatever pain might be underneath their difficulties. The second very useful support for this practice is humor, as an antidote for the very common tendency to take things personally. So I'm pretty sure that there isn't anybody in this room who does not have a difficult person in their lives. Is that true? Anybody have no difficult people whatsoever? Great, because if I saw a hand right, okay. Is that a, a half hand? Half hand, okay, so the half that's raised you can work with or you can choose to work with the half that's not raised and abide in equanimity for the non-difficult situation of your life. So coming back now more specifically to the equanimity for the difficult person, one area where many of us do tend to get caught. Is in people who are close to us. Anybody noticed that? There's much more likely to get sort of entangled in people who are close to us, because we often have very definite agendas about how our partners should be, our family members should be, our close friends should be, who they should be, how their lives should unfold. We often want them to only experience pleasure. And gain. But the Buddha couldn't change other people's lives for them. So if the Buddha couldn't do it, it's fairly unlikely that we are going to have the degree of control over other people that we might think we should have. And of course it's natural that we want people to be happy. But when that wish hardens into an expectation of some kind, and it hardens into happiness on our terms, then it often causes ourselves and the other person some degree of suffering.